some therefore shall make you sweet, ye shall be sweet indeed. We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for May 15th, 2011. And today we're going to be just be discussing a variety of different topics uh, regarding end-time current events, reconciling them with the Bible. And um, if you want to know on a given week, or for a given study, which topics I'll be covering, what I've started doing is splitting up the um, parts and actually listing the specific topics I'm talking about within that particular study. Even though the, the uh, PDF, which will be associated for each study, um, will be the whole PDF, I try to actually list the very topics I'm talking about with that particular part. That way you know exactly what I'm going to be discussing uh, in a particular part. And those would be listed actually on the contendingfortruth.com website um, with each Part. So I'm trying to streamline it. Hopefully, in the near future, we're going to we're going to have the um, older audios where we have some broken links. We have some uh, audio links that are non-functioning with the older studies, not any of the new ones, but the older ones. And hopefully, we'll have those up and running in the near future here. And we'll be making some improvements to the website. I'd like to have. Um, I'm going to try to have a uh, email. Uh, automated email list where it's actually built into the website and you can subscribe and every uh, newsletter or every email I'll put out you can have the option to either subscribe or unsubscribe and we're trying to get that going now I'm trying to get transitioned over if you have requested to be on my email list literally in the past year um, I've had a ton of problems with my email program. I tried to go from Outlook Express 7 to Windows Live Mail, which was an absolute total disaster. Windows Live Mail has to be the worst email program on the planet. And um, what has happened is, is people have wanted to subscribe, and I've added them on, sometimes several times, and the Windows Live Mail would arbitrarily delete them for no reason whatsoever. It's just the devil. But uh, essentially... I'm trying to get over now to a more stable email program, Outlook Express or Outlook 2010, and um, because my Windows Live Mail program was corrupted, that's been a fiasco and a nightmare. So if you if you were subscribed at some point, and then all of a sudden you're not receiving emails from me, stay tuned in the near future, and uh, I'll make an announcement when we have the uh, the automated email list up there. Um, you'll be able to go up there and subscribe and. Hopefully this will never happen again, uh, Lord willing. So I apologize for that. I, I, I'm not trying to delete people off the list or ignore people's requests. Um, so please understand that. It's just been totally out of my control uh, with what's happened on, on this. And um, I do want to thank those also that have you know, um, donated and supported you know, this ministry. Some of them I just cannot, um, if they mail things or... Of that nature, a lot of times I can't personally handwrite something out and send it back, but I do want to take time always to uh, thank them. And I praise the Lord Jesus Christ for for you all and for your prayers for this um, Taylor and myself and this ministry, and um, thank God for you. So going further uh, to start the study out here, we'll just go over some Bible verses. This is about a 16-page 
PDF we're going to be going over today. And a lot of different information, a lot of Bible verses came to my mind as we were going through this. So there's a lot of scripture um, in today's teaching. 1 Timothy 4.1 Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, and then it goes on to space, speaking lies and hypocrisy, and having their conscience seared with a hot iron. It's a pretty good representation of what is going on in the modern day lukewarm church um, in America, and I'm sure elsewhere as well, that people are giving heed to seducing spirits, they're departing from the faith, to doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, and then it gets to the point where your conscience is just seared as a hot iron. Um, and, and you can't, if somebody's conscience has been seared with a hot iron, you really can't get through to them. It's like trying to cast your pearls before swine. So there's a time that you try to present them the truth, and then there's a time when um, you don't want to contend with them anymore. It's just a waste of time. And the Holy Spirit, let the Holy Spirit be your guide. As a born-again Christian, the Holy Spirit lives inside you, and let the Holy Spirit be your guide, because there is a time when you contend with, a, well, what they say, a fool, and then there can time that you don't contend with a fool. In Proverbs, there's a time that you contend with a fool, lest he be wise in his own conceit. And then the next verse, there's a time when you don't contend with a fool, lest you be like him. And I think, typically at the beginning, you would contend with them, but there comes a point, there comes a line when you realize you're just casting your pearls before swine, or, or you're going to just be like him. You're just going to want to be argumentative, and that's when you just need to give it to God, back off, and just pray for the person. Um, 2 Timothy 4.3, uh, For they, the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And I think this is why the Bible also says, Be, be not of many masters. Uh, where it talks about that in the New Testament, they're going to heap to themselves. Heap. They're going to just have... And if there was ever a day in time where you could literally heap to yourselves teachers, meaning, I, I go by this ministry, and this ministry, and this ministry, and, and, you know, I just don't see a lot of Bible for that. Uh, not to say that there's not things you can't glean, but I'm talking about more than modern televangelism, where you could literally sit in front of something like Sky Angel and go from one to the next to the next to the next. And these prosperity preachers, or, or the ones that are, you know, with their fake prayer rugs or whatever they're using, prayer trinkets that they sell, and things of this nature... And, you know, they're hirelings because they're doing it for the hire or the money. They're wolves in sheep's clothing. And you can go from one to the next to the next and literally 24-7 anymore. Not to say they're all of the devil, but the vast majority, if they've made it to the televangelism sphere, most of them have sold out at one level or another. Most of them are all 501c3 corporate uh, entities, non-501c3 corporate entities, which are get the right or permission to exist from the government. Most of them are not even using a King James Bible. They're using some other modern New Age version. You could go on and on and on. So it's easy to heap to yourselves teachers in this day and age. Proverbs 2, 3, and 5 says, Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, 
If thou seekest her as silver, and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord, and find the knowledge of God. So that's a pretty profound verse. Crying after knowledge. Lifting up your voice for understanding. Seeking her as for silver, like a hidden treasure, and searches for us for hidden treasures. That's how God, I believe, really wants us to pursue knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. And the Bible does say if any of you lacketh wisdom, you know, ask the Lord for wisdom. And I think we could all use more wisdom. So, but this is an attitude that I think is very apparent here in Scripture that the Lord wants us to have regarding knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. The Bible says in Hosea 4, 6 that my children are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And then it goes on to say, because thou hast rejected knowledge, thou shalt be a priest to me no more, and I will also reject thy children. So we've got to be careful. I mean, obviously, the, 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 true, the truest knowledge... Um, the the obvious main knowledge we want to fixate on is the Word of God in the English-speaking language, the King James Bible. Um, but there's other ways in the world that we can be deceived. There, there's obviously um, other things that can deceive us in, in this world. And so knowledge is, is something that the Lord can bring us to, understanding wisdom in a given situation that we might be facing, or what to do here, what to do there, and the Lord can provide that. But he wants you to cry after it, to lift up your voice for it, to seek for it as silver as for hidden treasures. And so, I'm speaking this as much to myself as I would anyone else, so that, that's an interesting point. Um, Isaiah 45.3, And I will give thee the treasures of darkness, and the hidden riches in secret places, that thou may know that I, the Lord, which call thee by thy name, am the God of Israel. So again, just a kind of a neat verse to, to look at. Um, the Lord can reveal the hidden things in the hidden places. Because um, obviously in and of ourselves, we, we can't know those types of things. But these are like the, the hidden treasures of God, essentially. He's the only one that can reveal those to you. Uh, Romans 15.4, for whatsoever things were written aforetime, were written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. So, hope is a wonderful thing. You know, hope is a very, very wonderful thing. And it's saying that these things were written aforetime, meaning before, uh, even you look at the the scriptures that were written, you know, thousands of years before any of us were even living, um, they were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. And so that's a, that's a nice, uh, just a nice verse to, to dwell on, to ponder. Second Corinthians 1, 3, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. So praise the Lord. Uh, we're going to be going over a lot more Bible verses tonight as well, but just to start things off, I wanted to go over those. Uh, First article is from Cutting Edge. It says, Can we ever really trust photographic evidence again? Secretary of State Hillary Clinton was photoshopped out of a prominent news photo by a leading Jewish newspaper. Was she ever there in the first place? 
And this is from Hasidic. It's in the article was entitled Hasidic Jewish Newspaper Photoshops Hillary Clinton from the Situation Room Photo from May 9th of this year. There's a lot of odd photoshopping going on now with the iconic photo of U.S. officials being updated on the Bin Laden raid. Remember that when they were all sitting around the whatever room and they were looking, supposedly looking at this Bin Laden raid? A lot of that was proven to be a hoax as well. But um, uh, but this one uh, by D. Tizintung, I'm sorry, the ultra-Orthodox Hasidic Jewish newspaper might just take the prize. Yet those are dark smudges where Secretary of Hillary Clinton and counter-terrorism, counter-terrorism director Audrey Thomason should be. So, in other words, where they were sitting or where they were standing, there's dark smudges there. You don't, you, they photoshopped them literally out of the picture that they put on the front of the newspaper. The officials will wipe from the picture in line with the newspaper's editorial policy of never publishing pictures of women because they could be considered sexually suggestive. That's a little overboard, I think. But, um, I mean, obviously, if it's just a picture of a woman, I mean, and they're dressed appropriately, but, you know... Anyway, the average American does not realize this kind of photoshopping images occurs at, all the time and is now so sophisticated at the highest levels cannot be d- even detected by even the smartest and most capable of photo experts. Now, this is also appropriate because now we've had all this stuff with, you know, Bin Laden supposedly being whatever. And we went over that in depth last week. Uh, I've seen a ton more stuff come out this week. I could go over it again. You know, to me, it's just a waste of time. That was a pure, I mean, I I believe three things were accomplished with that, and I went over two of them last time. But number one, obviously Obama's approval rating was tanking, and uh, this was something to try to get him back, you know, on his high horse. Uh, That was one of the reasons. The, The second reason, probably the most draconian of them all, was that you know, now they can go and say, well, we're going to put TSA in the uh, train stations. We're thinking about putting putting TSA in the malls and the uh, public places and um, sporting events and those types of things because you never know where Osama bin Laden's uh, angry uh, protégés might show up. And we have to protect the sheeple people through more draconian uh, naked body scanners and invasive sexual assault pat-downs, that type of thing. But the other thing that I failed to mention last week, and which may be one of the most important of them all, was it totally got everybody's eyes off the Fukushima disaster. I mean, it's as though that doesn't even exist now. And that has continued to escalate, just like the Gulf situation that we, we reported on. That situation hasn't gone away. Okay, there, there, There's a website I check from time to time on that. Um, I mean, that situation's horrific still. But it's just totally ignored in the media. Now, like this Fukushima, it's going to be a a joint venture between the Japanese and other governments and the American government to just totally cover this up. uh, Reactor number one's in full meltdown. I put put an email out on this the other day. They're trying to cover things up. They're they're trying to take the cameras that were uh, filming the area, shutting them down, and act as though there's no problem. It doesn't exist at all. And the Osama uh, bin Laden thing was the perfect mechanism to get everybody's eyes shifted on that particular event and totally ignore 
all the radiation that this Fukushima plant is still pumping out and in the air and pumping out pretty much globally. So it accomplished those three things, and, and you know that's what they do. So going further now, and also then with a lot of this, uh, these supposed videos or whatever that they've got. Uh, of Osama bin Laden and these types of things. You should also bear in mind reading this article today where they can Photoshop people out. They can literally, you know, create videos. They can create photos that look totally authentic. Uh, they showed this one the other day, and it was from BBC. They even reported where the, supposedly Osama bin Laden was watching himself on that TV. And they went and interviewed another interview of the people that lived in this town and, and his neighbors. And the one guy was like, yeah, that was my neighbor who lived in that house. He said it was not Osama bin Laden. He na- he gave the guy's name. This was a guy from Pakistan, a guy that was neighbors to the supposed Osama bin Laden compound. He says, yeah, it was this such and such a guy. It did not even look like Osama bin Laden. And he's like, it was him. He said, he said this is all a lie. Every person they interviewed in that Pakistani town said it was a total lie. It was a technological fake. Osama bin Laden was not here, and and it, it's all a lie. And they have enough sense to know over there. Not to say that a lot of Americans haven't figured this out, but um, it's much harder to figure something out when you have constant media propaganda brainwashing the masses uh, to try to you know convince you that that this is authentic. So going further. The average American does not realize this kind of photoshopping of images occurs all the time and is now so sophisticated at the highest levels, it cannot be detected by even the smartest and most capable of photo experts. Some years ago, we, meaning Cutting Edge, published a two-part series on the subject entitled Technological Delusions Designed to Deceive. It's a part one and two. You can click on the links here. And uh, in the PDF, I'll be putting up for uh, May 15, 2011. Quoting part one, and notice how old this technology is. This was from 1990. Newsweek magazine, July 30th, 1990, page 44 and 45. And it was entitled, from Newsweek, mainstream, Big Brother magazine, When Photographs Lie. And it says, quote, Recent advances in technology have made it possible, even easy, this is 1990, for pictures to be altered in such a way that no one Not even a professional filmmaker could even detect the alteration. Simple alterations can be accomplished with a series of keystrokes on the widely available Skitex response computer system. The process involves giving, quote, pixels electronic squares a binary code that makes them easy to adjust, layout design, cropping, sizing, and other changes are made quicker, cheaper, and infinitely more flexible. Uh, more complicated matching of resolution and color, which once required a technically trained artist, now merely entails more elaborate, digitized systems. In other words, pictures are scanned so that the image is changed to computer pixels, the building blocks of the computer screen. The pixels are then rearranged to create a new picture. Then the computer creates the new false image electronically. The result is a perfect picture without any telltale lines or differences in color, which would alert a professional that alterations have been made. To illustrate this point, Newsweek hired an advertising agency to create a dinner party photograph with the following people present. Now, this was in 1990. President Ronald Reagan, 
Marla Maples, the model involved with Donald Trump, uh, Muammar Gaddafi, Libya's dictator, the Queen of England, and Elvis Presley. Obviously, since Elvis Presley has been dead for almost 20 years, this particular group of people could have never actually gotten together for a dinner party. But you would have never realized it from the picture. Every detail was perfect. There was no telltale lines where cutting or splicing had occurred. There were no variations in coloration, either of the people or or any part of the background. The computer rearrangement of the electronic pixels had been perfect in producing a false picture, so realistic it could convince a courtroom jury. Now, why would you say, why, why is this important? Well, because we're not to be... We're not to be deceived. We're not to be ignorant of Satan's devices, lest he get an advantage of us. Okay? And that's what it, that's, the Bible clearly states that. So, we do not want to walk around in a deceived state. The, the, the um, Antichrist and the false prophet, the very methods by which they're going to deceive the whole world is through lying, signs and wonders, and miracles. And, you know... This is part of that. A visual deception. So, let's go further here. Uh, sorry, I got a little off track here. My Okay, so. Over 700 private companies now possess advanced similar electronic imaging systems. We can no longer upset, accept photographs at face value. Advertisements are regularly being altered as news stories and documentaries. We encourage... So, in, in other words, anything you see, whether it be a picture or whether it be a video, from the mainstream media, always, always should be suspect. And they're so advanced now... I mean, can you imagine if this was 1990? They're so advanced now, there's no possible way you could ever detect that. Save, you know, the Lord showing you or... or discernment and these types of things. It's just too far advanced. Uh, advertisements are regularly being altered, as are news stories and documentaries. We encourage you to read both these archived articles because you need to be aware how easily you can be completely deceived. What did Jesus warn us of in the last days? Matthew 24, 4, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. End of quote. And that's going to be the earmark of the end times that we're in and moving into. Deception. Satan, the father of lies. This is right up his alley. Next article. New washable RFID chips track hotel towels and bathrobes. Now, again, you may say, well, what does this have to do with me? Well, because they can put these washable RFID chips now. If they're putting them in bathrobes and towels, well, they can pretty much put them about anywhere. Clothing, uh, footwear, whatever. You name it, things that you have with you, and you might not even realize it. So, radio frequency identifier chips have been employed in tracking timber to curb illegal logging and tagging animals for studying to better manage their habitats. And now that RFAD has the criminal types like poachers and illegal loggers looking looking over their shoulders, it's now being deployed against a far more prevalent kind of criminal, you. Three hotels in Honolulu, Miami, and New York City have employed a new kind of washable RFID DAG to keep you from stealing their towels, linens, and plush terry cloth bathrobes. Linen technology tracking saw a problem and devised a novel technological solution. Uh, 
their washable RFID chips don't just reduce theft, they say, but they also help them keep track of their linen in real time so they know when they need to order more. So, this is being done, and I, I we're just going to see more and more of this. Walmart's already long since started to implement this technology in many of their products in their stores. And so, now they've got these washable RFID tags and just something to, you know, bear in mind, think about, you know, um, they're just getting more and more sophisticated with this type of technology. Next article. U.S. court rules citizens have no right to resist illegal cop entry into their home. This just happened. Just in from Indianapolis, Indiana. Overturning a common law dating back to the English Magna Carta of 1215, the Indiana Supreme Court ruled Thursday that... Um, Hoosiers, they call them, people that live in Indiana, have no right to resist unlawful police entry into their homes. Justice Stephen David, writing for the court, said, if a police officer wants to enter a home for any reason, or no reason at all, I like that one even better, or no reason at all, a homeowner cannot do anything to block the officer's entry. In a 3-2 decision, Justice Stephen David, writing for the court, said if a police officer wants to enter a home for any reason, or no reason at all, a homeowner cannot do anything to block the officer's entry. We believe a right to resist an unlawful police entry into a home is against public policy, and is incompatible with modern Fourth Amendment jurisprudence. What a devil. He's a black-robed devil just like most of the judges out there. Freemasonic free fraternity is what it, most of the time it, it is. I'm not going to make a blanket statement for every single person, but for the most part, that's what you're dealing with. And as America in particular becomes more wicked in the world at large, uh, evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. As we condone more wickedness in this country, whether it be homosexuality, bisexuality, transsexuality, abortion, uh, gay marriage, pornography, uh, as we condone more and more wickedness, we're going to have more and more of our rights stripped from us. Guaranteed. It's part of God's judgment. It's this, these types of things happening are part of God's judgment. I mean, he's letting these things, it's not taking him by surprise. So, a lot of times you, you can look at this and become so outraged, but the, the reality is, is that if we got what we deserve in this country, you know, there's some, there's some, there's some judgment coming. There has to be. When I mean, you have 50 million babies, they're innocent blood crying out from the land. When you have the homosexuals and the transsexuals and the bisexuals and all the perversion, and child molesters. You can go up to those websites, uh, I forget what they're called, but, but you can find like how many child molesters like live in your neighborhood. What is it called? Family Watchdog. You will not believe how many perverts, pedophiles, and child molesters live around you. Unless you like live out in the country or something. I mean, it's, it's mind-boggling. When you have got that type, you know, 
everybody, you know, people fixated on sports and on things that don't profit, on things that don't matter, on basically just worshiping the God of self. If it feels good, do it. When you have that kind of dynamic going on in a self-centered society, the land becomes defiled. And we're going to actually look at some of those verses later. And it's just a matter of time before God's judgment. Uh, Corporately, I don't believe the church will repent. I don't see any Bible for the church repenting. But, But individually... We can do that. We can we can go before God and get right. Try to get as right with the Lord before all this comes. That was what that was what I would encourage everyone to try to do individually, because corporately I don't see any Bible for it happening. The church is just way too far, or the pseudo lukewarm church is way too far gone. They're neither hot nor cold. Yet they think they're in need of nothing. You know, but yet in God's eyes, they're ne- naked, wretched, weak, and vile before Him. And I'm not saying that because I think I'm perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But I'm saying in general, this is the state of the church, um, of the so-called pseudo-church, I should say. But yeah, with all those dynamics going on, the land is being defiled, and, and the land will eventually vomit out her inhabitants. And we're going to look at those verses. I'm not saying God can't protect a born-again, Bible-believing Christian in the days and times to come. I'm not saying that at all. In fact, I think those are the only ones that have any real hope of God's protection. Um, But going further, shadow government bunkers, security heightened at underground storage facilities. What I'm trying to do is kind of group things together, like governmental stuff, and then we kind of segue more into maybe... uh, things that have to do more with the church and try to kind of keep my topics a little bit more together. Um, This is from May 9th of this year. As we've noted before on a number of occasions, the U.S. government is preparing for unlikely unlikely events like war, catastrophic collapse of society, and even asteroids. Now, isn't that what Hollywood has been preparing us for over the years with all these movies and sci-fi series and all these things and all of these shows about plagues coming, and isn't that kind of line up with Matthew 24? Plagues and pestilences and earthquakes and all these things, wars and rumors of wars and societal collapse and the love of many waxing cold. and Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold, meaning grow cold. Well, because there's so much sin, it quenches love, essentially. It quenches Things like the fruit of the spirit, you know, it's the opposite of that. In other words, so that's what you're that's what you're seeing. That's what's going on. So uh, the U.S. government is preparing for also uh, war, catastrophic collapse of society, asteroids, and then the Pentagon and military actively war gaming large scale economic breakdown and civil unrest. Meaning they're they're war gaming. Meaning they're going through mock scenarios of how the military would respond to large-scale economic breakdown, civil unrest. And I'm sure, as we've discussed quite a bit, like this New Madrid fault zone uh, thing that they just flooded with millions of gallons of water to further liquefy the land and to further create more pressure on that fault zone. That was really intelligent. And through HARP and those types of means, they can, they've had record, record, record rainfall in that area, 
Mississippi River is basically just about overflowing your banks uh, in that same exact area. Now they're you know they're they scheduled to have this uh, exercise there with this governmental exercise on you know if the New Madrid fault line went and large scale earthquake and all the death and destruction that it would entail. So I mean that's just one scenario we're talking about. We, we've we've reported on that extensively in the last uh, I'd say six weeks over a couple of different studies. In addition to security and law enforcement implications, it doesn't take much of a stretch of the imagination to come to the conclusion that wargaming these scenarios takes into account continuity of government directives. Which means, continuity of government is also, there's an acronym, it's just COG, C-O-G, which means that the elite members of reserve government elements need a place to go when things start to collapse. Hence the underground bunkers. The fact that these bunkers are no secret, as is pointed out in the aforementioned articles, there are many of them around the country. Rumor has it that the government has built literal underground cities spanning hundreds of thousands of square feet, completing, complete with everything from nuclear power generation to facilities capable of manufacturing just above any modern-day product. The idea that in the event of a global cataclysm, the human race would be able to survive and thrive without losing the technological advancements achieved over the last couple of centuries. The following pictures, and, and you, you'll be able to look at this PDF to see the pictures. The following pictures come to us from a truck driver who has regularly delivered goods to a bunker facilities. Most interesting is that this individual notes that up until recently, security at these facilities has been somewhat lax, and there was never really a visible law enforcement presence. But the pictures below show parts of the inside of an underground bunker as well as newly visible Department of Homeland Security. Satan himself, their presence... What this means is for the reader to decide. It also is important to mention that not all bunker facilities are wholly owned by the United States government. Many, like the one in Springfield, Missouri, depicted in the video at the bottom of this article, are reportedly owned by private interests. I even had a listener, her husband, was delivering to one of these underground facilities, you know, long-term, I believe, food type of thing. They're stocking. I mean, these things are well... And this, again, this is the reason why... These long-term food storage companies that are making the uh, freeze-dried food, why they've been, um, uh, I don't know exactly right this second, but I can tell you even up to a couple months ago, you couldn't even hardly find one of them. They had contracted all the food they were making out to the government. Uh, we went over all the MREs that were bought just for these, this, this uh, New Madrid fault line region. All the millions of meals that they pre-bought. And have locked and loaded for the survivors uh, of that disaster, potentially. Um, they've made no secret about it. They're, they're mega, in mega preparation for cataclysmic events. And if the government is doing that, the Bible says that the prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. And the Bible says, go to the ant. And consider the ant. What does the ant do? It stores up its its food in summer. I'm paraphrasing here. So that it has plenty of food to eat in the winter. And these types of things. It's just it's preparation. It's foreseeing the evil. And granted, I understand not everybody is in that position. Maybe God's told you to do nothing. Maybe God's, But maybe if you're storing things, maybe it's just not about you. Maybe it's about a way that you might be able to reach out to your neighbor who's unsaved during cataclysmic times, and say, yeah, I knew all about this. The Bible predicted all this. In other words, you could be actually a source of light. 
Because most Christians are going to be worthless when this all starts to go down. They're going to be clueless. But my pastor told me that nothing bad would ever happen to me. I mean, we, 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 were, gonna, we were just going to all, you know, nothing bad was going to happen. Never warn me about any of this. Never warn me about any of this deception. The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 that in, regarding the end times, regarding when the Antichrist is revealed, regarding the falling away of the apostasy of the church, it said, for this cause God shall send them strong delusion. God's doing this that they will believe a lie that they might all be damned, meaning all of them go to hell, who received not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Do you realize what that says about the modern day, average, typical, lukewarm church? Which the vast majority of people that would call themselves Christian are a part of. I don't know what percentile range you could say that would be, but it's the vast, vast majority. That means that most of the people that say that they're Christians are going to hell. The vast majority. Why? Because they have pleasure in unrighteousness. Because they have believed a lie. They've believed everything, all this garbage, this lukewarm preaching that goes on in the churches. They believe the lukewarm and the deceptive media. They believe whatever is put in in front of them. They have not sought after truth. They have not sought after understanding and wisdom and knowledge. They have not cried after her as for silver, as hidden treasure. They just believe whatever's put in front of them. Now, what the percentage is, I don't know. That's between them and God. But that kind of thing should invoke the fear of God in all of us. You know, take heed lest you be deceived. You know, to also take heed not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to. He who is spiritual judgeth all things. You, you need to judge these things. And I don't mean... Well, they'll say, no, 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 judge not lest you be judged. No, that's, that's hypocritical judgment. That's when you, if you look at the context of that verse, that's when you have a beam in your own eye and you're judging the speck in your brother's. Yes, you have no right to judge if that's your state. But beyond that, Jesus Christ said, judge righteous judgment. The Bible talks all, particularly in the Old Testament, it says because there was no judgment, God did this. In other words, there was no righteous judgment in the land, so God judged the land. Because there was no... That would be a great example of our court systems. And our political systems. And and, and most of, a lot of what goes on in the churches. Now, again, when I say these statements, I don't mean to make a blanket statement like all Christians that say they're going to hell. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying most people really that would name, that would call themselves a Christian... And anymore, that doesn't mean a whole lot. I've seen polls, and I mean, it's like, you know, people that call themselves Christians, and a lot of them believe in homosexual marriage. Uh, A lot of them believe that, oh my word, I mean, it goes on and on and on about what they would actually condone. The Bible says, by their fruit you shall know them. So, just just some things to ponder and, and to think about. You know, to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling type of thing, you know. Pray that you be accounted worthy to escape all the things that are coming upon this world and to stand before the Son of Man.
these are the things that we should be, you know, uh, praying about as well, you know, the, for, for the Lord to give us the strength and, and um, courage and wisdom and knowledge and provision. And there's so many things you could pray about. That the, what, because most of the people that will call themselves Christians are not preparing in the least. They're just, when, all, when, when things start to collapse, they're just going to go to the government, just like everyone else, for their government, you know, appointed handout. Or, or whatever the government's remedy is. And it will not be, it will not line up with the Bible. Ultimately, the ultimate remedy the government's going to ultimately offer you is the mark of the beast. And if you don't take it, it's beheadment. But if you do, you'll, you'll be able to buy or sell or trade. You'll be able to do that, and you won't be beheaded right then, but you'll be eternally damned forever. That's what the Bible says. There's no way out. Don't ever take the mark of the beast. <laughs> there's no there's no uh, biblical uh, remedy for, for that. Um, not anything good. So going further here, um, these these facilities have been carved out of existing mines, these underground facilities, and their purpose is not exactly clear, other than that they are designed for housing large groups of individuals and or supplies for extended periods of time. And they're quite secure and almost impenetrable without heavy-duty blasting equipment once the doors are shut. For those who have researched continuity of government programs, you're likely aware that in the event such actions are to be taken because portions of the gov- of the U.S. government have been, at that point, decapitated. Uh, secondary government infrastructure then sits in waiting to take control. Remember, order out of chaos? Well, this is going to be part of that. The problem, of course, is that the public is completely in the dark about the COG, COG directives, remember, continuity of government, and who will take over. From what we've been able to gather, COG doesn't mean exactly what we might think it means, which is to ensure survival of our fundamental principles as outlined in the U.S. Constitution. Rather, it is believed that in the instance that our elected government falls apart, the replacement would be a self-appointed group of governors, complete with law enforcement and military, that would take control of day-to-day operations. Due to the secrecy surrounding COG, it is impossible to know what plans lie ahead. But private and unelected interests certainly will have their hand in the new government, much like they do now. I think this will be more direct takeover of the Illuminati, essentially the 13 families that run the world. The, the, the 13 families that literally control the politicians like puppets on a string, who are, who are totally controlled then by Satan and his fallen angels, and demons, and these types of things. There's a hierarchy Okay, so these private interests would include wealthy conglomerates who would likely be the only ones, for the exception of the government directly, capable of building extensive bunker facilities like the one shown below. And there's, you know, there's pictures you'll be able to see here on the PDF. We must assume that the government and these private conglomerates will, will be acting in their own interests during a worst-case scenario. You better believe it. Thus... While those underground bunker facilities are peppered throughout the nation, it is reasonable to assume that very few, if any, of those supplies will be delivered to those outside of the COG programs. So, unless you're one of the chosen few, you're on your own. In other words. And trust me, you wouldn't want anything they would offer you anyway. (laughs) 
You know, talk about making a deal with the devil. And this reminded me of a portion of scripture, which is very appropriate, going into, uh, this is, you know, in the tribulation period. It says in Revelation 6, 15 through 17, And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every free man. Now, I, I really believe, though, that when it talks about the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the chief captains, the, I, I believe they're going to be held up in these bunkers. Why? Because only the ultra-elite rich would be able to afford to be able to do this. Okay? But it says that they're... They hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains. Where are these things at? Exactly there. In the dens and the rocks of the mountains, for the most part. You'll see these built into the side of a mountain. Like Cheyenne Mountain in Colorado. You've seen that, pictures of that. See, what a mountain would afford you is that if you drilled right into the side of it, you've already, you might have depending on how far you go in, you might have thousands of feet of rock on top of you. Whereas if you drill down into the ground, you've got to drill down thousands of feet before you're going to have thousands of feet of rock on top of you. In other words, as a protective mechanism. So it's cheaper to drill into the base of a mountain than it would be to drill down and then go under because the rock's already there above you if you drill straight into the side. Just a little observation, I don't know. And then the next verse, it says, and said to the mountains, these these kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the chief captains, the mighty men, and they said unto the mountains, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. Lamb with a capital L. The Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the earth. The Lord Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords, the Alpha, the Omega, the first and the last. That's who they're going to want to... And those mountains aren't even going to protect them. They can be buried, 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 buried. And it's not going to hide them from the wrath of the Lamb. And from His face. Not going to protect them. I mean, guaranteed... These underground bunkers apply to that verse. For this great day of wrath has come, and who shall be able to stand? No unsaved person will be, I guarantee you that. Then this goes on to this report, and these are the pictures that this guy that drove a delivery truck sent. And it says, I delivered at an underground storage facility in Lenexa, Kansas, southwest suburb of Kansas City today, and this is what I saw. Funny thing is, I've delivered to these facilities many times that have never even seen so much as a cop. Today was different and a little strange. The author goes on to further discuss the DHS present Department of Homeland Security, which is odd, especially if the facility is privately owned. It is unclear whether this particular facility is managed, funded, and controlled directly by the DHS because it is near a governmental facility. So he... National Archives and Records Administration, uh, or whether the facility is privately managed. The following signs showed private companies operating in and around the facility. It shows a whole bunch of names of companies with uh, phone numbers next to them. None of the companies I really very much recommend, or I mean recognize, I should say. What is clear is that the Department of Homeland Security, not your average private security company, has a presence in this area. And it actually shows this entrance into the side of this mountain, this concrete bunker. 
shows a Homeland Security uh, truck. Um, and it says, and they are not simply cruising the side roads, but directly entering the bunker facilities. And this particular vehicle entered the bunker facility via the left entrance. So, yeah, this is definitely going on here. Okay, as, as I was reading this, I kind of got convicted to do a little copy and paste of an attachment that I've got regarding these underground cities and that have been constructed, which are even beyond the scope of what we're talking about today, but also the underground tunnel boring units that are used um, by our government to literally crisscross underneath continents, underneath America. There's whole networks, transportation systems under our feet that we're not aware of. And um, this is one of the main ways, if not the main ways, that these underground cities, and I believe bunkers, are potentially made. And here I'm looking at a picture, and I, I this is, if you want to see some really amazing pictures, look at this PDF for May 15, 2011. And it'll be starting on about eight, page 8 or 9. It's entitled Underground Tunnel Borne Machines. I'm um, looking at a picture here. Photo of a United States Air Force Tunnel Borne Machine at Little Skull Mountain, Nevada, uh, USA, December of 1982. Now remember, they've had this technology, I believe, since the early 70s. Uh, these are... There are many rumors of secret military tunnels in the United States. If the rumors are true, machines such as this one shown are used to make the tunnels. And what it does is it shows, it's funny, it's, it's an Air Force, it's got Air Force marked on the side of it. And a lot of times you'll see, like, Navy being part of something that has nothing to do with the water. And the Air Force being having something like this, something underground. And it shows these uh, two, uh, three guys in the military, they're all wearing hard hats, and a whole bunch of other guys that look like they're part of this project, standing next to this gigantic uh, tunnel boring machine um, that um, is very thought-provoking, to say the least. Uh, here's another picture of one of these things. Uh, this is a $13 million tunnel boring machine, also known as a TBM, used for tunneling at the Nevada test site. Uh, remember, Area 51 is part of that test site. Many other types of TBMs are used by government agencies, including the nuclear-powered TBM that melts solid rock and leaves behind glass-like walls. Now, that's the one I've heard most about. They literally melt the rock through, through some type of nuclear uh, reaction, essentially. They, they get so hot, and it will leave literally like a marble-like, glass-like wall. It melts the surrounding materials, and it can create these perfectly round tunnel systems. Um, they can go, you know, I heard anywhere from three to five miles per hour through solid rock underground. This type of, type of technology does exist. Um, going further, most tunneling activity is under military installations, and all information is highly restricted. Former employees of said facilities have surfaced over the years to talk of the massive underground installations in places like Area 51, the Northrop facility in Antelope Valley, California, which is rumored to have 42 levels, and the Lockheed installation near Edwards, California. The black budget currently consumes $1.25 trillion per year. Now, this is money that goes into these black projects and these black budgets that 
There's no accountability at all for these government, governmental, dark governmental agencies that use this money. And a lot of it is your tax dollars at work going to black projects that you know nothing about. Um, and a lot of it is pure wickedness and evil. Most of, most of these black projects are pure wickedness and evil. So, um, going further, uh, the black budget consists of $1.25 trillion, not billion, trillion, which is $100 billion per year. At least this amount, this is amount used in the black programs, at least this amount is used in black programs, and that was at the time of writing of this, which was probably 15 years ago. Uh, like those concerned with deep underground military bases, uh, presently there are 129 deep underground military bases in the United States. They have been building these 129 bases day and night, unceasingly since the early 1940s. Some of them were built earlier than that. Now, I believe the author of this article is Phil Schneider, and you may know of him, you may not, but... um, Regardless of what you think about him, I've seen his interviews, and I think the man was sincere. He wasn't a Christian, but he paid for revealing this information with his life. They killed him. So I don't understand why if he was just some quack or nutty guy coming out with a lot of this information, he sure didn't present himself that way, why he would literally die to get this information out, just if he was just wanting to draw attention to himself. I never got that impression at all. Uh, and the thing is, is he's not the only one I've heard this from. Okay, so you can say, oh yeah, yeah, this and this about him. Okay, fine. What about all the other people that have come out and verified this information as well, that were employed doing this at one time? Uh, which was his background. He was actually employed in making, um, the making of some of these underground facilities and bunkers and these types of things. So, these, these 129 bases have been being built day and night, unceasingly, since the 1940s. Yes, that's that long. Some of them were even built earlier than that. These bases are basically large cities underground connected by high-speed magneto-levtron trains that have speeds up to Mach 2. Several books have been written about this activity. That means twice the speed of sound. They can go that fast. I've heard they can go a lot faster than that even now. You can literally be on one side of the United States to the next in like half hour. They can go that fast underground. And they're, they're magneto-levtron trains. They work through magne- magnetism, which is one of the things that I've heard a lot of these underground bases have mastered. And it's free energy. If you think about it, a magnet, if it's sitting there and it's just magnetized, you can find a way to harness that mag, that um, that magnets um, power. You have free energy. It's one of the many forms, I believe, of free energy. But it's one of the most intelligent. Uh, the average depth of these bases is over a mile, and they again are basically whole cities underground. They are between. 2.66 and 4.25 cubic miles in size. They have laser drilling machines that can drill a tunnel seven miles long in one day. I was involved in building an addition to a deep underground base at Dulce, Dulce, New Mexico, which is probably the deepest base. It goes down seven levels and is over 2.5 miles deep. 
I helped, he was one of the engineers that worked on this. I helped hollow out more than 13 deep underground military bases in the United States. More thought-provoking images, as you'll see here. I mean, this particular uh, tunnel boring unit is gigantic. I mean, this thing, it's got a whole swath of people standing in front of it. And uh, it's, it's impressive. I mean, it, it's, this is solid rock, this thing is going through. And that's, um, it's, it's impressive. And I'm showing my daughter some of these pictures. They're pretty amazing. You really should just look at the PDF just to see these pictures. And some of them look very, very old, which would confirm 1940s-like activity. Some of them look a lot more modern. Uh, looking at these things, it's just pretty, pretty amazing, uh, all the different pictures that are available of these things. Uh, anyway, that's, that's the end of that particular, I kind of threw that in, that actually wasn't part of the, but it, it pertained to this whole underground bunker, uh, talk, you know, that, that we were looking at here. Next article, the rise of mother earth, the United Nations, will soon consider a draft treaty penned by Bolivian President Evo Morales that would radically transform international law. If enacted, the treaty based on Bolivia's recently passed Law of Mother Earth. Yes, Bolivia just uh, enacted a treaty which is entitled the Law of Mother Earth. What about Baby New Year? Why doesn't he ever get any press? Come on. Uh, This would give plants, animals, and bugs... Daffodils, salamanders, and grasshoppers. The same legal rights as human beings. Isn't that great? Golf clap. Definitely a golf clap. Um, The problem is that many people who profess their love for Mother Earth slash Mother Gaia also preach scorn for their brothers and sisters in the human race, particularly Christians. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they, you know, we need to be wiped out, according to them. In July of 2009, a UK study found that one in four Britons would like to see the human population reduced by up to one-third. Maybe that's part of the reason why Britain's so wicked. Because it's, I mean, highest witchcraft per capita. Highest haunted houses and occultic activity per capita. Britain. You know, big brother, nanny state, like no other place on the planet. Britain. So, I mean, I'm not, you know, trying to single them out. I'm just kind of stating facts here. One in four Britons would like to see human population reduced by up to a third. Well, they they bought the propaganda. In the same year, 73 members of the U.S. Congress signed a letter that urged the White House to spend $1 billion on slowing of the human population's rapid growth. These people are not alone in their belief that the world would be a better place with fewer people. Prince Philip, past president of the World Wildlife Fund, said if I were to be reincarnated, I would wish to be returned to Earth as a killer virus to lower human population levels, end of quote. That's a, that, you haven't heard that? Yeah. yeah that's a, now, now, he's one of the elite. He's one of the ones that, you know, would, you'd consider part of the Illuminati. And they're the ones that design policies through the United Nations and these types of things. So, you know, a big tenant of the coming one world religion, political system, economic system, currency, a big tenet of that system is going to be mass depopulation. The Sierra Club's first executive director, the late David Brower, said, quote, childbearing should be a punishable crime against society. 
I'm glad. I bet you he's glad his mother didn't have that, you know, view of him. Think about it. That's what a what a crazy statement to make. Um, these people are not just pro Earth; they're anti human. Paul Irich's best selling 1968 book, The Population Bomb, brought inhumanism into the mainstream. In it. Ehrlich said, quote, there are only two kinds of solutions to the population problem. One is the birth rate solution, in which we find ways to lower the birth rate. The other is the death rate solution, in which we uh, find ways to raise the death rate via war, famine, pestilence, that they actually would find us. So that's, you know, that's kind of their stance there, which I guess really shouldn't surprise us. Okay, I'm going to go ahead, we're going to shift gears here in a second, and I'm going to go ahead and end part one there, and we will go to part two next. God bless you. If you would like to sign up for Scott Johnson's free Christian current events and health newsletters, please email him at drjohnson at ix.netcom.com. That's D-R-J-O-H-N-S-O-N at the letter I, the letter X, dot N-E-T-C-O-M, dot com, with the word subscribe in the subject line. Scott Johnson's weekly audios are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H dot com. Please help us continue this work. To support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2nd Line, 450 Conover, C-O-N-O-V-E-R, Boulevard West, number 202, 3rd Line, Conover, North Carolina, 28613. Or on the internet, PayPal can be used at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.